Welcome to this week's episode of How Are You Really? Today we're going to be talking about safe sex and consent. Natasha is here to help me do that. Do you want to introduce yourself, Natasha? Hi, I'm Natasha and I'm here to talk about all things sex and consent. I'm really passionate about sex education and used to be a volunteer in this charity, in the charity Sex Expression. And I now have the joy of working with you. Thank you very much. I decided to do this podcast episode because it's going to be Valentine's Day soon and all mm-hmm. things relationships and sex, it's important to talk about to keep people safe. So when did you first get involved in teaching sexual health? So it was either at the end of my first year of uni or the start of my second year. And I went to one of the freshers there at my university and saw saw the stand for sex expression and thought that sounds really interesting I think I must have already been interested in talking about things like that and then I was like this is a thing and that's how I got involved and it was just really cool to be surrounded by people who also weren't embarrassed about talking about things like that. No that's really interesting so what did your work actually involve? So my title I suppose was like volunteer facilitator so we would organize sessions with schools um, on different topics and then whatever that school wants to talk about we could do and go into the school and either do a classroom based session or more of a sort of lecture style in an assembly hall um, so we need to you know, do our research, create PowerPoint slides, and then go and do the talks. And they ranged from all sorts of things to sexting, porn, and then your basic like contraception and stuff like that, which most schools are more keen on. Why do you think it's important to educate young people about consent? Yes, I think for me, it just seems like such an obvious thing that would improve so many parts of society if everyone grew up with the basic understanding um it's probably a bit naive but the thing I always think is is like there'd be so much less abuse if if people had to screw up with this being normal um but I think consent is important in other areas of life not just sex which is how people tend to think of it but and people tend to get a bit worried when I say that I think, you know, ch- children in primary school should be taught to about this. But I mean, asking someone if it's OK to give them a hug before you hug them and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people have experiences of being forced to hug family members and stuff like that as children when they didn't want to. And so sometimes we get raised thinking that if you say you don't want something, you don't have a choice. Um, so I think it's really important to just normalise it from a young age and then it equips young people to have more safe, ethical and enjoyable sexual experiences when they want to. Yeah, I agree. Consent is so important in like all areas of life that mm-hmm. you don't have to do something because it will make someone else uncomfortable or that you don't feel like you have a choice. Yeah, like just in, you know, like working life how many times do you agree to something because you don't know how to say no yeah or not wanting to let friends down when you agree to something maybe it's just a British thing (laughs) we always have to please people yeah I think a big thing in consent 
it's not being forced but feeling like you have to yeah definitely well like one of the there's like five things that consent has to be um and one of them is freely given so sort of just a yes isn't necessarily enough if that's the result of someone badgering you and pressuring you or manipulating you so if someone's if you've said no 10 times and then you eventually end up saying yes that's not full consent yeah I agree so what part of sex education did you enjoy teaching the most I really found talking about porn fascinating um, because there were so many different areas to talk about and so many different ways it affects us and you can go into all sorts of rabbit holes about sexual violence and violence against women and queer representation and how ridiculous some of the like expectations we grew up with of sex are because of how unrealistic some porn is so a couple of years ago, they don't know if you remember, they were going to introduce some legislation that made it all age restricted and everything like that. But do you think that would improve how people talk and think about sex if that was introduced? I think the thing with issues like this is people are always going to find a way. So if you introduce that legislation, it's not, I don't think, actually going to be very effective. And while I don't think people young under a certain age should be watching porn, if you put that cap on it, it sort of adds to the layer of shame and mystery that leads to such misunderstanding and uh, fear around sex, I think. Yeah, and I think if you make something harder to get to or if you tell someone not to yeah. do something, they're, they're probably going to do it. Definitely, so, especially with kids in school, then it just sort of will become, you know, black market on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my next question is quite similar, but how do you think the media affects how we view sex? I think it's so romanticised. Um, you know, it's, it's just so silly. Um, porn, there's a great video um, that I'll have to find and send to you of statistics of how often we see certain acts in porn compared to how much people actually do them. So, you know, there's just, I think it gives us such unrealistic ideas about how we should look in terms of body hair and how we're supposed to act. And there's hardly ever any conversation about protection or about what's going to happen. And it puts a lot of pressure on people with penises to be able to be the best at sex that puts pressure on people to perform in a way that porn actors do which is acting and it's completely unrealistic and so the timings of everything are much faster than happen in real life and um, so it's just completely false but because it's a lot of people's only sex education we grow up thinking that it's normal yeah I think media effects as well kind of 
not phases but a kind of popularity of some things on tiktok it was a massive thing it was probably during lockdown but like people pretending to like choke people and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. that's really dangerous yeah like even people that haven't had sex imagining that that's something they'd want when they have absolutely no idea if they want that and it's just a kind of uninformed kind of pressure on people of what they should like or what they think other people should like that can be really damaging yeah and then feeling weird if you don't like that and thinking oh god is someone gonna want to do that with me but obviously I realized I only spoke about porn but just in films and everything it's so like rose tinted glasses and especially in films where um a woman is losing their virginity it's like rose petals and you know this perfect moment and I won't go into a tangent about how virginity doesn't even exist and it is a patriarchal construct, but, you know, it puts, especially these films are always aimed at teenagers or even younger, that I think it just creates such anxiety about the whole thing. When I was at school, some of the girls felt such a pressure to have sex but mm-hmm. it was completely internal. Nobody was pressuring them, or nobody that I knew of was telling them that they should think like this or that it's something they had to do. But it was just that they wanted to lose the label. They didn't want to have sex. They just didn't want to be a virgin. And like, it was just so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like talking to my mum about it and saying like if you know it seems like everyone at school is having sex and she was like well most of them will be lying and the ones that aren't it won't be any good (laughs) um but yeah you know I had completely the same experience that you know I don't think anyone was you know giving anyone a hard time for not having sex but it's just this culture of like as soon as you're 16 it's like you're suddenly on a timer and especially where I where I'm from, there's a massive issue with teenage pregnancy. So not only are you being pressured to have sex, you're, you're not being educated about how to do it safely. Yeah, I think sex education is also can be angled to be kind of scary or to be to not educate people, but to kind of scare them that, oh, this isn't something you want to do. Oh my goodness. I remember this is when I was like 13 or 14 and someone asked a question about anal sex and the teacher just said, oh, you don't want to do that. You'll get shit on the sheets. And I was like, if if someone, if someone who was gay was listening to that, that is so homophobic and that's such a horrible thing to say about sex. Yeah just to make out that it's really dirty and I was like if if someone at like 13 or 14 heard that that could like shape so much about how they feel about themselves and also how they feel about sex when they're growing up yeah definitely and even if you don't remember exactly what they said it's just how you felt in that moment of shocked and uncomfortable and that I think as a 13 year old it's really scary um and yeah, I completely agree. What I learned from my sex education in school is that 
if I used a tampon, I was going to die of toxic shock syndrome. And if I had sex, I was going to get genital warts and die. <laughs> and then they proceeded to show us horrific images of people's genitals. And yeah, it, we live in such a sex negative society, um, which is what I really want or really hope will change. I remember one session I did in a school, we literally finished the session and the teacher was like I think it was the head teacher was like oh thanks so much but remember kids just say no and we were like well thanks for unraveling the last hour of our work of trying to make this like a positive environment um and obviously she didn't have any ill will it's just sort of she probably was just uncomfortable didn't know what to say I think it's also kind of bad how they split up girls and boys that it kind of creates the idea that they should think differently about sex and that they should like act differently towards it that Mm -hmm. talking to my boyfriend about this he said most of his sex education was don't rape anyone and ours was even got told that (laughs) yeah it was just like don't force a girl to have sex and mine was yeah. it like oh have sex but don't like oh like you, you can have sex and it's but great but don't because you'll get pregnant and you'll get AIDS <laughs> yeah yeah and I bet with your boyfriend they didn't even really explain what they meant or give them tools for want of better words to understand how to correctly ask for consent and not that it's not hard to not rape people, but, you know, I think then as a boy, your first sexual experience is that probably, is, again, it's so sex negative. And, of course, consent is really important in sex education. But, it, again, it's from a negative perspective, making sure... I was listening to a podcast the other day between Hannah Witten and a woman called Catherine Angel, who wrote a book among many others called tomorrow will be tomorrow sex will be good again and um she's talking about how the pressure is often on women to know exactly what we want sexually to protect ourselves against sexual violence so we know exactly what we're asking for and exactly what we don't want which has many many problems including implying that sexually confident women can't be assaulted but Uh, yeah so it's consent from this negative point of view of make sure you get consent so you don't get raped or so you don't rape anyone rather than here's how to ask for what you want and and talk to your partner and have communication about what you want to do together and it's just only in this really scary context which is still important but it's only one part of it so what are the right ways to talk about consent with a partner I think and people when I talk to people about this, like I was telling my housemate about these questions that are gonna come up and um, about this podcast and they were like, Well, you know, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to say, you know, ask for consent every single time and say yes. And my initial response is always like, Well, consent is more than just a verbal yes, I want this. You know, there's there's physical cues, body language. Um, you know, if someone is, is sort of saying they're tired, rolling over, it's probably 
probably best not to pursue that um and but then yeah I don't know how clearly explain that is to people that you know consent doesn't is no it's verbal and non-verbal but obviously with any partner that you're going to be having sex with communication is really important and you know it could be as explicit as you know do you want to do this are you happy with this or it can be a bit more you know telling them that you like what they're doing and and stuff like that but just making sure that you are communicating I think that would you know take you a long way to making sure that it's consensual and and you know with more maybe like a long-term partner or not consent comes up when you talk about trying something new um you know in the future or in that moment and just making sure obviously you want each other to be enjoying the situation and every time you check that they are you're basically asking for consent yeah I think that's really important as well as in a long-term relationship is you're talking about like consent in anything for example like staying over like you you shouldn't just assume that you can just stay in someone's house or space if they haven't if that's not a conversation that you've had with someone even like holding someone's hand that it might not seem a very intimate thing to do but uh, it's important to ask someone if you're they're okay with you touching their body in any way definitely and people have different boundaries on how affectionate they're comfortable being in public for example um but yeah definitely consent in relationships is a lot more than just sex it's everything in your relationship in in broader terms so what do you think is important for a healthy relationship i think your basics of communication i mean if there's of course it's understandable if there's some topics you're not initially initially comfortable talking to initially comfortable talking about with someone um but at the end of the day if this is someone you're spending a lot of your time with and getting to know very well it's important that you do feel comfortable talking to them about most things and if you don't it's probably time to think about that and you know that way you can check that you're both completely happy with what's happening where the relationship is going how the sex is you know all parts of the relationship and then trust obviously if you're in a long-term relationship hopefully you trust that they're not going to go cheat on you in STI <laughs> but um obviously there's other reasons trust is important in the relationship but in the context of safe sex that's obviously trust is really important yeah fun also probably quite important so talking more about casual sex now Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot about like hookup culture and stuff on social media and I think yes that's a thing but I think a lot of people my age my kind of generation are really looking for something more solid and consistent after the pandemic people want something Mm. they can rely on that's so interesting yeah people want something that they know is going to be there after being so anxious and uncertain after the last two years Mm -hmm. but if people are having casual sex how can they keep themselves safe so I think obviously contraception protection is really important especially if you're having casual sex and it's really important to know 
what works for you in that way I don't know about you but the contraception at school was I'm not even sure if we got shown a condom but that was basically all they talked about um so obviously there's loads of different types lots of which most people haven't heard of and it's really important to know which ones protect you from pregnancy and which ones protect you from sexually transmitted diseases as well so yeah and I'm still shocked how many people (laughs) I know that don't bother thinking about protection very much but yeah it's really important especially if you're having casual sex with multiple people and yeah on that note testing is really important I you know I think in an ideal world everyone would say to someone before they have sex when was the last time you got tested but I think realistically a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable doing that but making sure that you yourself get tested every few months is really important and I don't think it's as scary as people think it is and I think a lot of people are really embarrassed to go to sexual health clinics but it's important to remember that everyone that has done pretty much the same thing as you and probably feels similarly about being there I for me I would think about like physical safety as well so if this is after a night out you know does someone know where you're going is this a safe decision and going back to consent is consent being freely given are you aka are you under the influence of anything more than you can give consent yeah I think it's important to think about your options of contraception because not Mm. everything works for everyone definitely I think still probably a lot of men assume that women are on the pill and yeah I know a lot of girls where they were just super sad after being on the pill um and feel like completely lost that there's not another well-known option when of course there are loads but you have to you have to be willing to advocate for yourself to seek them out because it's not always going to be easy to access and um, for whatever reason depending on your age how willing a GP is to give you certain things um, but I think probably the best place to go for advice about that is sexual health clinic or I don't want to say the internet because that sounds a bit broad a reliable source on the internet you know some charities are really good Brooke for example it's expression which I was part of that goes on to my next question. How do people find sexual health information and support? Yeah, I think GP would be a lot of people's first port of call, which is definitely fine. And it just depends how comfortable you feel talking to your GP and how, if you know them, how you think they might react and how helpful they might be. I've had, definitely had mixed experiences with GPs. Um, so I think if you feel comfortable going to a sexual health clinic, that could sometimes be better and yeah I've written down here using the internet wisely (laughs) don't just go to a random page on reddit or wikipedia so how do you think sex education in the UK can be made more inclusive by talking about anything other than penis and vagina sex so many ways so many so many ways I think Obviously, that well, the first thing that comes to my mind is making it more LGBTQ plus inclusive, you know, talking about trans people, intersex people, gay sex, you know, or even just adjusting the language that's used to be more inclusive. So saying people with penises, people with vulvas, rather than 
this is what a man does, this is what a woman does, and this is exactly what your experience is going to look like, which can be so scary if that, if you feel that that's not what your experience will look like. And, yeah, I mean, it's so silly to look at a class of children and think they're all straight. <laughs> so, you know, for me, I mean, like, the word gay didn't even get mentioned. And, you know, that's how you, that's how you grow up with people saying, how do, how do lesbians have sex? How does this work? Because people genuinely don't know because it's never talked about. Um, and, you know, obviously sex education in schools, as you go through school, should be age appropriate. But, you know, I think the, the process of realising that you're not straight would be a lot less intimidating if you knew what the heck that meant for you. Um, yeah, and obviously, I think the um, I think the dictionary definition for sex is still a penis going into a vagina, which is just ridiculous. You know, you don't have to have penetration to have a valid sexual experience. And again, you know, this comes back to porn of you know the sex is complete when the man has ejaculated, and it's just so from point A to point B rather than. You know, I was never even told, yeah, this is meant to be enjoyable, by the way, and we made it look really scary, but have fun <laughs> and, um, and make sure the other person is having fun, if indeed there is another person involved. Um, so I think getting comfortable with language is really important, which if you're having your sex education from your RS teacher or your biology teacher, they're probably, they're very likely not going to be comfortable with that probably talk from their own bias as well so yeah I think there are so many ways that it can be more inclusive but it's only just become mandatory so hopefully we'll get there uh, but I think that's why it's really important for schools to to outsource for sex education because you can't just ask one of the teachers to talk about sex I think it makes it easier if people have questions as well, that they're mm-hmm. more likely to be honest and ask for help if they didn't feel safe, if it was someone they wouldn't see in a biology or a yeah. lesson later in the day, that they might feel more open to listen. Definitely. And like definitely the idea of its expression was that we were much closer in age to the students than their teachers most of the time, so that they would feel more like it was a peer-based situation rather than, yeah, their teacher who, you know, they might feel they might get in trouble if they ask a certain question or, you know, the teacher might make them feel uncomfortable when making a joke or something. And um, again, these if you outsource, then these companies know how to allow people to ask questions in a comfortable way. So we always... A lot made time for people to be able to write questions anonymously so it wasn't a situation where someone was having to possibly be embarrassed. So how does someone look after their mental health alongside their sexual health? I think the thing that comes to mind for me is if always making sure checking in with yourself that you're happy with what what's happening in your sex life and if you're comfortable with what's going on I think the obvious way that these two things would clash is if you're being put under pressure to do something like what we were talking about before not necessarily pressure from another person just general 
societal pressure of what's wrong with me um in which I mean the phrase what's wrong with me I think a lot of people feel that about lots of different things they can feel that they haven't had sex if uh, they've had sex but they don't enjoy it um and because there is such culture of shame people don't talk about it there's been so many times I've had conversations with friends about certain things and they like just feel so relieved after just you know someone saying oh yeah no, same <laughs> just not feeling like they're weird for whatever they're experiencing yeah and obviously in a more in a more sinister situation your mental health is going to be affected if, if you are being pressured or manipulated into things which can happen throughout life but I think you're particularly vulnerable to you when you're young and you're first exploring these things but yeah I think you your mental health and sexual health are linked to making sure that you're you're staying safe and you're comfortable if, if you keep putting yourself in dangerous situations either by not using protection or or by not protecting yourself in any way but then that's going to affect your mental health got my last question for you what advice would you give to someone worried about their sexual health or a relationship I think it sounds so cliche but like trying to talk to someone about it um because I think so often maybe I'm projecting here but so often we make things so much worse in our heads you know if it's something that you're worried about with a partner if you talk to them about it you might feel way better about it they might be feeling the same way or you know it might completely help them understand your point of view and just make you a lot more relaxed about the situation um but talking to someone could also mean getting advice at a sexual health clinic or from a GP there's definitely room in society for there to be more options to go to if you are worried about these sorts of things because it's just not just not normalized and it's just so ridiculous to me we're so embarrassed to talk about this as a society thing that most of us do and have done since the beginning of humanity thank you so much for coming on my podcast today natasha and yeah. you've offered some really good advice so thank you thank you for having me it's been lovely so i hope everyone's learned something today and i'll be putting some links into some info and support in the description if you want to learn more Thank you for listening and I hope you have a lovely week.